Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show. Today, we have another very special guest, and that is because our guest is A.J. Vaynerchuk. We're going to dive into everything that, that you do, my friend, but first, just wanted to welcome you on the show. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, first off, also, I know we were just talking about it, but you just had your third kid. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. It's a bit of a zoo at our house. Um, we've got three under three and a half now, so... Uh, we're just kind of figuring it out, my wife and I. It's amazing. Three-time champ. That's, 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 <laughs> what, that's what you officially are now. You're getting into yep. the upper echelon of champions. Well, our plan is that we're done. So we're going to settle in. <laughs> whatever, tier, whatever tier you put us in, that's the plan. We stay there. I love it. Uh, what are you excited about right now? How's Vayner Sports going? Um, what's, what's, what's on the top of your mind apart from the family? Yeah, I mean, it, it is Vayner Sports that has me excited. I think what's cool about what I do for my career now is that it's truly the blend of my two biggest passions of business and sports. And so, you know, what has me excited right now is the fact that, um, you know, I got the Super Bowl coming up. We have the NFL draft coming up. Um, you know, and what's been cool too, in particular, over the last half of 2020 and, the, and now moving forward is that we've diversified beyond just football. So we always had football and the football counters, what kept me engaged, but now we've got baseball, we've got MMA, we've got gaming. And so, you know, not only is it the Super Bowl and the NFL draft, but we've got, you know, a title fight in March for our guy, Aljamain Sterling. That's crazy. Um, yeah, for the UFC. And then, you know, baseball, we've got the, the amateur draft and opening day to look forward to with gaming, any big tournaments that Book is participating in. So it's really nice having that mix of sports and then, uh, you know, because I am a diehard sports fan, I'm not in the business, but the fact that the Knicks are, what, seven and eight, that's the best the Knicks have been since Carmelo <laughs> and Rasheed Wallace and Jason Kidd. celebration. So I'll take seven and eight. So um, that has me excited, too. So, yeah, just sports and business, and I'm just very grateful that I was able to find a way to blend the two together. That's amazing. So the origin story of Vayner Sports, whose idea was it at the very beginning? So, I mean, I grew up, I grew up wanting to be a sports agent that that was on my radar. Um, you know, whether it was sports agent or general manager, like the concept of business and sports colliding was always of interest to me. I got off track based on opportunity. Um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur first and foremost, and having a father and a brother as entrepreneurs setting an example. And Gary and I saw the opportunity with social media and connecting brands to platforms and, and technology. And so that took me off track, so to speak, for my 20s, um, but not in a bad way. I loved my experience of building that company with Gary, and it, it was very successful and continues to do so. Um, but really what ended up accelerating the, the transition was, first, prior to deciding to starting Vayner Sports, I decided to um, step away from Vayner X. And so, one, just having the freedom to jump into a new career was an important step. And so leaving the world of advertising. Also, um, we concluded our venture capital fund and decided not to raise our second fund. Even though we started raising that second fund, we, we put a stop to it. And then um, it was important to me to take some time off. I was somebody who always knew what was next. I knew where I was going to college early. I knew VaynerMedia was my plan before I even graduated college. And so it was important to me to be like, you know what? On your last day from VaynerX, Priority one is to not know what's next. Take some time, breathe a little bit. You've afforded yourself that opportunity. And so I did that. 
And then really what happened is after like a month or two of relaxing, playing golf, walking the dog, spending time with my wife, it's all pre-kids, um, I started kind of getting a tiny bit bored and started jumping back into kind of um, the investments that you know I had made either personally or through the fund. And one of the investments that Gary and I had made personally was in a boutique sports agency called Symmetry. And it was started by two guys, Brian and Mook. Um, Brian's still a, a partner of ours today at Vayner Sports. Mook has gone on to do um, some other things that are interesting to him. And so, you know, met those guys. And like I said, grew up wanting to be a sports agent or a general manager. And um, football was our biggest and is our biggest passion as far as sport from an entertainment perspective. And so they had a small boutique practice representing a few football players. And Gary and I invested. And I found a few months into my sabbatical that I was checking in with those guys more often than other companies okay. that I had much bigger financial interest in and much bigger upside in. And that told me something that told me that, listen, this is a genuine passion. And I wanted to make sure whatever the next step in my career was, I wanted it to be something that I was convinced I could sink my teeth into and commit to a long haul on. That's awesome. And then what's, what's the primary goal? Now you're diving into, you know, all of these different sports, not just, you know, uh, physical sports, but you could make that argument for video games too, for right. esports. But um, how deep and far do you want to go, or whatever it is? Like, if there's an Oculus tournament that's that becomes huge, that's what you're going to go into. You just yeah, want, I mean, you want to be where the excitement is. Yeah, I think we want to be where we want to skate to where the puck is going. Um, so <laughs> you know, I think um, it's a situation where our expansion. If you look at our expansion. If you asked me two years ago what would be next, I wouldn't have said baseball, gaming, and MMA. That wouldn't have been the order. It probably would have been basketball next as far as preference go or as interest goes. But you know, running a business and having a passion for sports in general, the way that we're looking at it is um, our expansion into new sports is going to be opportunity-based. And that opportunity can come into a few different elements. It could be um, finding a partner like we did. Um, Greg Gensky and his team on the baseball side has been a match made in heaven. Um, just a great partner that brings in a, a great viewpoint, great amount of experience and, and a strong sense of collaboration. That's why baseball made sense to us. Same thing with Lloyd Pearson, um, who is our head of MMA. You know, he brought over a client roster and a set of experience and again, collaboration um, that was just a no brainer. MMA was not in my top 10, but Lloyd and his practice and the opportunity that he showed me is what made it make sense for us. And then with gaming, same thing. Gaming was not in my top 10, but uh, what Kyle has been able, Kyle uh, Gearsdorf slash Bug has been able to accomplish as an athlete in this vertical. And, and then also, like you said, and what we talked about, the trend of how much gaming matters in our society. And then we also like the, the, um, the overlap of gaming across other traditional sports the vast majority of our football players are playing call of duty right now. And so yeah. that's interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, my brother's an owner in the rocker, uh, a call of duty franchise. And so that intersection, that synergy is also quite interesting for gaming. And so future sports, um, it'll either be finding a great partner, finding a great client or finding a great trend. And we're going to follow those things. We're, se we're seeking greatness for our expansion. Makes sense. I'm sure it's very similar uh, in your sports card endeavors, seeking, seeking out <laughs> that greatness. Uh, oh, man. How has that sort of changed your, your just like hobby? Because it's important. I, I think, you know, regardless of whether you like sports cards or not, it's important to have a hobby. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of us now, sports cards has been, but is more than ever. 
yeah. uh, you know, that prevalent hobby. How, how has your sort of experience been these last 24 months? Been, and did Gary awesome. loop you in super early tour? Did you loop him in? What, how did that? No, play? no. Gar Gary looped me in more so. But I, what I would say and why Gary was so early and why I was so quick to follow suit is that we never left sports cards. Um, right. <laughs> you know, we, my first hobbies were video games and sports cards. Like when I was little, there was no bigger euphoric moment than opening up a fresh pack and hopefully striking something big. Like I learned sports through three vehicles, sports center. And I would just watch sports center on loop, uh, video games like Madden, NBA live, et cetera. And sports cards. That's how I learned sports. That's how I learned who the players were and who the prospects were and who the good teams were like those three things. It's wake up at, you know, six or in the morning, watch sports center before school, come home and play Madden franchise mode. And then, you know, from occasion, open up a box or a pack of cards, like huge hobby for me. Um, and I'm a collector by heart too. So another thing that I collected avidly growing up, I grew up a diehard WWE fan and WCW when they had their run and like huge, huge diehard, really deeply knowledgeable fan, like to a stunning point. And so that's another part. We represent Charlotte Flair. That's a fun aspect. And that's I talked to Charlotte a little bit about that or Ashley, I talked to Ashley, her character is Charlotte, but her name is Ashley. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so I collected the wrestling figures hardcore. So there was these little plastic Hasbro wrestling figures, but then there was also these bigger, they were made by LJN, bigger rubber figures that were more my brother's era. And so I had those figures growing up. So I collected sports cards, I collected action figures. I was huge into Pokemon cards, huge, huge, huge into Pokemon cards growing up when that hit because I was in middle school when that hit I was playing you know Pokemon blue and red on Game Boy and yellow and buying cards at the hobby shop and so you know it, it's something that is a hobby of mine in general and then even like after you know I grew up and things like that and even Gary grew up you know we made a huge bet on LeBron in that draft class like we bought back in 03 we bought a shit ton of cards even really? though we were inactive yeah because we're, we're just like we're intention of holding them Yes, and we still have some of our original rip from 2000. Like Gary and I still have some LeBrons and Wades and Mellows and Darkos uh, from that <laughs> 2003 rip. Wow. Bowman, Tops, Tops Chrome. Like we had that foresight. What were you paying for the ago, boxes back then? Whatever retail was, and it wasn't high. You know what I mean? It was oh. it was very reasonable because sports cards were not hot in 03. So I'm thinking like a hundred bucks, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Different, you know, as you know, different of course, levels of, of premium. You know what we That's bought a shit mean. ton of was, uh, it was cheap. It was called Fleer Tradition. It's where you can get the trio rookie of LeBron, Melo, and Wade. Yeah, yeah. But we pulled a shit ton of those trios and base LeBrons and base Mellows and base Wades because they were cheap. Those were like, I want to say those boxes were like 80 bucks a box. The foresight there is very admirable. So we, uh, yeah, I mean, we ripped a ton of wax in 03. Um, and then it's always been something we've done for random fun. Like I remember maybe like five or six years ago, I bought a, a single pack of, I don't even remember what it was. I want to say it was flawless. Um, and that was like $2,500 a pack. And so I bought a single pack and I didn't tell Gary and I had it shipped yeah, it was in a case. Right. Yeah. And it was a single pack in, a, in like a big case, like a nice case. The case <laughs> yeah. is probably worth like 80 bucks. Right. And, uh, and then we opened it. It was trash. We got nothing. It was uh -huh. literally a complete waste. <laughs> but it was fun because I, we do a family vacation every year. 
and uh, I had it shipped to um, my parents' houses where we do the vacation. And I just randomly, like midway through our family vacation, I'm like, yo, I bought a $2,500 pack of cards. Let's rip it. And he was so pumped, like that kind of stuff. So we never left sports cards. You know, we, we, we ebbed and flowed, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Gary came to me, whenever it was, two years ago, and was just like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go really deep into sports cards. I think that the market's at the bottom. And it needs, and it makes no sense. And it's just going to be an alternative asset that people are going to care about. Um, there's a lot of parallels to contemporary art and things like that for the new generation of people that look like me or even younger than me. And he didn't have to do much convincing. I jumped in with them. I love that. You mentioned uh, always knowing what's ahead and having gone to college and having, you know, known what you were going to do. If you were yeah. going to do it all over again, do you think you would have gone, you would go to college again? Yes, but here's why. Um, I, I actually have a complicated answer to this. So yes, because the only reason I went to college in the first place is to make my parents happy. You know, the backstory of my family is pretty well documented, but my parents fled Russia during their collegiate years. Dropped, my mom was a fantastic student, had Gary when she was young, left Russia, let her education go by the wayside. So neither of my parents graduated from college. And I think it was that cliche immigrant dream of like, you come to America, make a life for yourself and enable your kids to go to college, right? And so it was more emotional than practical for me to go to college. Got it. Um, But at the same token, I don't regret it for a couple of reasons. One, I was extremely, and am extremely fortunate that my parents did so well for themselves that part of our conversation when I was like, hey, I really don't want to go to college was, they were, they, they paid for it. If I had to pay, if like, if I, if back in 2005 and it was like, go to college. And if I had to pay for college, I would have not went, but because I was very fortunate and grew up, you know, upper middle class. And my mom and dad saved up the money and said, Hey, we want you to go to college and we'll take care of it. That made the decision easier to go. So I was very, very fortunate. Most people do not have that type of luxury. Um, so there's that. And then the other reason I don't regret the experience, one, I met my wife there. So that's great. That obviously matters a whole lot. That shapes my future. <laughs> but independent of that, um, it helped me grow up in a way like being, you know, I was only in Boston compared to New Jersey, but having those 400 something miles of distance really helped me become more independent and grow up quite a bit. And it made me acclimate into new environments that weren't comfortable. So that was awesome. I think now if you're an 18 year old kid, and you're not as lucky as I am, and you have to pay for your own college and you're entrepreneurial, what I would say you should do from 18 to 22 is I think you can replicate that experience, just move to a new city and try to get a job rather than going into debt. Um, But if you're 18 to 22, I do not recommend staying in your comfort zone and staying at home. Um, Of course, to save up money, great. But if you can get a job and you can afford to kind of, you know, scrape by and live on your own accord, um, I think the maturation of being outside your comfort zone, outside of your familiarity uh, and your network is, is a really good thing for your maturation process. Man, you, you know, you touched on a few really important things, but, uh, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone just for the sake of stepping out of your comfort yes. zone is so good. That's why I always tell, you know, anybody younger and, and I don't know if you knew, well, I, I think I told you, but when I interned at Vayner when I was like 16, you know, like little yeah. things for me, like that's what that was, right? But right. it was, you know, going those routes instead of being a camp counselor and getting paid right. a hell of a lot more, you know, 
Whereas that, you know, there's nothing wrong with any of these things. I just think Correct. at the very least have both, um, you know, because it'll, it'll, especially at a younger age, it'll put you in a position as to where you can be a little bit more self-aware. Whereas most 18 year olds, yeah. it's very, very difficult to get that level of self-awareness to know what Absolutely. you can do without Absolutely. having previously, you know, sort of stepped out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. How do you how do you continue to do that? Like, what do you do now to step out of your comfort zone? Have children. That's one way to get out of my comfort zone. I'll tell you one way to be less comfortable is to have children. I mean, my daughter came into our room at two thirty last night, just screaming. Our three and a half year old, um, for no apparent reason. Um, and so that will get you out of your comfort zone. You don't get to wrestle your laurels at home in that regard. But seriously, I would say I would say the thing that has made me grow the most as a human and has taken me outside my comfort zone is becoming a father. I mean, I've had three kids. My wife has given birth to three kids in the last three and a half years. Think about what, and it's been obviously a much more impactful on her physically. Um, the father has a much easier road in that, that whole thing. Um, but even so as somebody that was the baby, in my family, my, my understanding of how to care for another human was only on a peer level. I consider myself to be a really caring partner to my wife, a very caring friend who's always trying to help my friends and cares about how my friends are doing and things like that. But it's always been on a peer level and having to having the blessing of being able to um, take care of a young infant and have the responsibility of shaping that young infant's life and adulthood by a series of decisions that you make, how you support them emotionally, mentally, and physically. Um, that has been completely life altering for me. And I, I'm not, I couldn't have, I, don't, I think college is the second most transformative chunk of time in my life, but this one's been the most. I, I just think it's completely shaped my perspective on life. That's super awesome. And that is a Michael Jordan-esque run from <laughs> you and your wife. Three. Yep. Uh, yeah. I had someone drop the LeBron meme on me yesterday. Not one, not two, <laughs> three. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, my, my wife's a warrior. She did all three births naturally, by the way. She's a beast. Wow. Yeah, she's been pregnant. I mean, what another friend of mine who I was talking to, who I've known for like the last four years, like, dude, I haven't known you and I haven't known Allie outside Ali's pregnant all the time that's just what Ali is like in you know what I mean so thankfully I think her body and her and her mind are thankful to you know give herself a rest moving forward wow uh speaking you mentioned the mind I want to ask you like for you personally how do you how do you sort of build that that mental muscle uh yeah continue to do so because it's something that never like you never, you, you never hit, it's not like a financial thing, right? Where you hit a certain point of money and you're like, financially, you're good. Not saying that money creates anything else except being financially stable. It's really right. All money right. does. Yeah. But it, that, so that same logic doesn't apply over to being, you know, to, to that same, you know, essence on the mental side. So how do you? Well, the one thing, the on one it? thing I'll say about money is that, uh, yes, on the surface and in practicality, money doesn't buy happiness, but money does, I think, one, remove certain things that can create a lot of unhappiness and stress, right? You can remove the stress of putting food on the table, keeping a roof over your head, things like that. So 
you know, I think money is a, a vehicle that I'm fortunate to have to help remove some things that can create headaches and stress. The other piece about money is that um, I think it is a vehicle that you can utilize to invest in your mental well-being. So, for example, I and I've said it before publicly, and I believe in it so much. Um, when it comes to mental wellness, there's the offense and the defense. My first experience was with defense, and um, I partook in therapy. Um, some I I first did therapy about seven years ago. And I was really struggling and therapy completely centered on um, the struggle that I had with my career and my, my body. Um, I suffer from a disease called Crohn's disease and Crohn's disease is a digestive disease that can really take you out. And my, my condition somewhere in the middle of the spectrum, you know, there's less severe cases, there's more severe cases, but you know, my case is severe enough in, in a world where I've had intestinal surgery and I've been to the ER multiple times over the last 10 years. Um, and what's tough about Crohn's is that the number one byproduct of making your Crohn's worse is stress. And so I was building this really fast growing business, stressful industry of client services and, and, and media and advertising. And I was really struggling with the balance of my health and, and my career. And so I utilized therapy to really get my, my work life balance on track mentally. So that was a great experience. And then actually more recently, um, and I did therapy for like almost two years. Um, and then I found that I didn't need it and that I found other ways to do it myself, so to speak. And not that I was, not that I would never go back to it. I would in a heartbeat. I believe in it so much, um, but it just hasn't been something that I've needed. And then on the other side of the coin, in terms of offense, um, I've actually recently engaged a mental performance coach. Um, he's somebody that works with um, primarily athletes. And actually how I got to him was that he came to me in regards to some of our athletes. And then he's like, Hey, like, and it's something I believe in. And he's like, let me give you a, a, a trial. And he's like, I'll just treat you as if you were a client. And so we did an hour session and I asked him like, Hey, like, I know you want to work with my athletes, but uh, what, like, do you have a division working with CEOs? And he's like, honestly, I've been thinking about it a lot. And one of my buddies is, and I do it for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, paying customers are paying customers. And so I've actually been engaged with a mental performance coach for the last nine months and we meet, uh, twice a month. So I've done, I guess about 18 sessions now. And, um, it's, it's offense where it's literally like, man, like I actually, everything's great. Like I feel great. I'm super excited about my career. Family life is great. But like, if it's a, 85 out of 100, how do we push the ball to 90? And like you said, there is no such thing as 100 out of 100 mental well-being, I don't think. Well, maybe like monks have it or something, but in our modern society, I don't think that exists. And so I'm on the offense and I'm investing capital to try to get to as close to that mark as possible. I love that. That's super interesting. Well, AJ, a, a man with three kids and a man with a three-letter <laughs> username on Instagram, yes. find him. Nice segue. At nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> at AJV on Instagram, my friend. I appreciate you so much for coming on. I appreciate you. I have AJV on Twitter too. Got them both. Oh, that's there a flex. You go. That's, that's impressive. That's All right, Buster. Impressive. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much.